Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. This is the EWN Radio Network. Well, here's the thing. Sensitive implies weakness. And that's how, that's how people see it. I will tell you that being highly sensitive is absolutely not weakness. They are highly sensitive people are some of the strongest people I know. Music. Places, everybody places. We're starting in three, two. It's time for Life Interrupted Radio, a show dedicated to practical skills for your mind, body, and soul. We're hoping we'll go in one ear and stay there. Here's the host of the show, Sharon Saylor. Welcome to this special series we're featuring here on Life Interrupted Radio, where we look at the rise of autoimmune disorders. The NIH estimates nearly 24 million Americans have an autoimmune disorder. To put that in perspective, cancer affects about 9 million and heart disease up to 22 million. You'll be as surprised as I was to find out what autoimmune entails. I brought together top experts that range from doctors, specialists, nutritionists, researchers, and even those recovering from autoimmune to bring you the latest, most up-to-date information about autoimmunity and how to live your life uninterrupted. So let's get started. Welcome everyone to another episode of the Autoimmune Hour on Life Interrupted Radio. I'm your host, Sharon Saylor from SharonSaylor.com. And oh my goodness, it's my weekend. I hope it's the start of your weekend. Last week, I promised you about farmer's markets. I went to a farmer's market here where I'm staying, and I have to admit, I'm so spoiled by my farmer's markets in the Pacific Northwest. It was a lot of fun because they also had it with a craft show, so it was a lot of fun. But my goodness, I do get so spoiled by my wonderful organic talking to the farmer kind of fresh food up in the Pacific Northwest. So that's my report on the farmer's market here. But like I said, there were really nice people. I had a lot of fun. I just bought more crafts than I did food, but that's okay. (laughs) It's been a great week, and I'm looking forward to finding out more adventures uh, this weekend. I haven't decided what I'm going to do. It's supposed to be really hot here, like 91, 95 this weekend. (laughs) So I might just stay in with a good book. I'll let you know next week. I'm curled up here with some chai tea. Yeah, I know. It's got a lot of caffeine, but boy... Sometimes you just need to pull out the caffeine, right? And one of the reasons I know my guest is probably rolling her eyes right now at the idea that I'm using caffeine to keep my energy going (laughs) because our guest, Linda Benz, she's a breakthrough energy expert and she helps overwhelmed, overworked, and stressed professionals and business owners get out of their own way so they can create life experiences that they want and enjoy the process. And she shows people how to go from stuck to unstoppable. This woman is just full of energy. She's the author of seven books on energy and appears monthly on AM Northwest. It's a television show in Portland, Oregon, as their resident energy expert. I just love that because, you know, 
I can think of so many things. The last thing I think if I went down the street and said, I'm an energy expert, people might start thinking about electricity or something like that. So we're going to talk to her about that. She is just an amazing woman. We can go over all of her resume, but instead, let's just invite Linda Bins in to find out about energy. And the reason I wanted her on the autoimmune hour is because I think energy... When we're dealing with autoimmune condition, you know, sometimes it's so tough to regulate. It's just we get exhausted or fatigued, and how do we keep our spirits up even? And so we're just going to talk always. And one of the things that I did invite her on for, and I just want to sort of pique your interest on this too, because we're going to talk to her on what I call the science of Sharon. And in all my work here and all my interviews and all the times I've talked to you out there about autoimmune, I find a high percentage of us are what I call highly sensitive people. And that's just people who are really in touch with the world and I think their own energy and things like that. So we're going to ask her about that too. So enough of me chatting. Welcome, Linda, to the Autoimmune Hour. Hi, Sharon. Thanks very much. It's a pleasure to be here. Oh, I'm so excited to have you on. I just want to let everybody know that Linda and I met, let's, let me get it right, the Executive Director of the Holistic Chamber of Commerce in Portland, Oregon. Is that right? It's the Executive Vice President, but that's okay. Okay, okay. Titles, titles. <laughs> I know, titles. <laughs> okay, so we met there at the Holistic Chamber of Commerce. If you're not a member of a Holistic Chamber of Commerce, check them out. They are amazing people, and I just loved it. I gave a talk there earlier this year and just met uh, just a plethora of people with all different backgrounds and healing modalities and coming to those, uh, this place in a really open, wonderful frame of mind. I just loved them all. It was great. So um, there's a little plug for the Holistic Chamber of Commerce. Please check them out in your area. And if you don't have one, look them up on the website and start one yourself. So there you go. <laughs> Linda, tell me a little bit about, first off, how did you become an energy expert? I think a lot of us talk about, oh, we know our own energy level or we're fatigued or whatever, but there are a number of people who don't really know that you can manipulate or do something with your energy. Well, it's kind of interesting. As I was listening to you introduce me there and, and talking about me being an energy expert, it kind of gives the impression that I'm probably this really high energy, bouncy sort of person, and I'm really the complete opposite <laughs> of that. Um, so my background is uh, I, I first became interested in holistic health and natural healing. Um, and so I studied to become a holistic health practitioner. And so I did a degree in nutritional medicine, a bachelor's degree in um, holistic nutrition. That was the start. And then I became aware of feng shui, so energy in the environment, and became a feng shui practitioner. And so when I first started out, I was doing feng shui consultations and also holistic health consultations. So really dealing with the energy of the body and the energy in the environment. The way it sort of just sort of evolved into, you know, it was always about energy, but it, it evolved more into sort of coaching and working with people on understanding their energy and the energy they're creating in their lives um, in, in the form of what shows up for them and how to understand and manage that. And that really came about because when I first started my business, I did what everybody told me I should do because I didn't know anything about business. So they said, you have to go here, you have to network, you have to 
join chambers of commerce, you have to do all these things. And, and so I did all these things, even if they didn't feel right to me. And so I did everything. I was out all the time. I was teaching. I was speaking. I was just doing all these things. And after a few years, I really burnt myself out. And and I had to, I kind of became an energy expert because I had to learn how to manage my own energy. What I learned after that sort of experience was this concept that you mentioned of highly sensitive people. And we'll talk a little bit more about that. But, but basically, it, it made sense of, of everything for me when I learned about that. It, it made me understand why what happened to me happened to me and how I function, basically, and why I'm so interested in energy. So I believe that we all need to understand and learn to manage our energy. But if you're highly sensitive, it's crucial that you understand and manage your energy. And if you have a health issue, like an autoimmune condition, it's just vital. The more you learn about yourself and your energy, the more you will be able to help yourself and just lead, lead a happier and more fulfilled life generally. Oh my goodness. Let's define energy though. I'm As we're talking about it, I think oftentimes it can get very confusing. It, even someone like myself who's thought about it a lot and talks about it a lot but as you were describing it I could th- it's just this large thing to me because I find that my intuition comes into me understanding my energy my physical well-being you know how I'm feeling uh, physically like uh, am I having trouble <laughs> moving my legs you know kind of thing plays mm-hmm. into my energy there's so many levels to us understanding energy uh, can you kind of just break it down on how you define energy because I think it's even the energy we put out there in the world and how people respond to us. Oh, most definitely. Most definitely. It's it's the energy we put out in the world and how people respond to it, but that's what determines who shows up and what shows up in our life. So we're all vibrating at a certain level, right? And so wherever your vibration is, that determines what you're going to attract into your life. So let me think of a radio station. If I If I love jazz, Right, and I have my radio tuned into the country station. I can, you know, I can shout at the radio. I can hit it. I can take the radio apart and put it back together again, and get frustrated with it, and say, "Why am I not? Why can't I hear jazz? I don't want to hear country. I want to hear jazz, but I haven't <laughs> tuned it to the right frequency." Right. So we are all emitting a frequency, and everything. Well, everything is energy. Absolutely everything. Um, and so we are picking up on energy from our environment, from our surroundings. We're picking up on uh, the, the energy of the people around us. And how you interpret that or how it affects you really depends on how aware you are of it and how sensitive you are to it. So the highly sensitive people are much more attuned to that. And what... And not always in a good way. So for highly sensitive people, for example, certain things will affect them uh, much more than other people. So one example is noise. I have a great deal of difficulty with certain noises and usually sort of engine noises, particularly this time of year with garden equipment, you know, lawnmowers, leaf blowers, those kinds of things really. um, And it's not just the sound. I feel it. 
So I feel it as a vibration in my body and it doesn't feel good. So, so energy, if you think of it as a vibration and, and how do you know, I mean, the real question that people ask will want to know is, well, how do I know what's showing up for me? How do I know what my energy frequency is? And the simple answer to that is, how do you feel? How do you feel? So your emotions and how you feel will tell you where you are. So if you're feeling very angry or frustrated or sad, your energy frequency is going to be low. And so what you attract to yourself will be of like vibration. If you're feeling really good and positive and, and feeling good about life, then you will also attract things of like vibration. So you'll attract more things that feel good. Well, that brings up an interesting question. I know there are times when, well, especially when I was first diagnosed, I'm going to be rude and crude here. I just felt crappy. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm sorry that I just felt crappy. And it was on a physical level, although on an emotional level, I was hopeful. I was scared and optimistic. So all at the same time, you know, frightened and like a little hopeful and a little hopeless all at the same time. So sometimes when we're going through things like our health crisis and I'd been really healthy up until that time and it was very shocking to me. As they say, when you don't have your health, you don't have anything. You hear that when you're healthy and kind of go like, yeah, yeah, that's great. Mm. But until you lose your health, then all of a sudden (laughs) it becomes very apparent. When we're feeling all these mixed emotions, like how do you feel? And oh my goodness, I was, I had and still have great healthcare providers and people to guide me. So I was feeling hopeful and optimistic and still uh, there were times vacillating between hopeless and hopeful. When we're doing that kind of thing, how can we, um, what are some tips you have to maintain our energy or uh, try and switch it to a more even positive outlook? Mm. Yeah, it's a challenge, isn't it? So one of the things for me is I have trouble sleeping a lot of the time. And so, you know, here I am, I'm the queen of, you know, well, if you just reach for better feeling thoughts and, you know, the better you feel, the better things will be for you. And so I I know all of that and I teach it and I understand it. But if I'm not sleeping and I'm really tired, it's really hard (laughs) to be positive. (laughs) That's when I'm my most irritable. You know, so the challenge then becomes, all right, well, how do I come out of that? You know, and sometimes it's really hard to come out of that. And I think that's the same kind of thing as you're, as you're saying. And so the, the way I look at it is, okay, I may be feeling really bad or I've just had this news and um, it's really hard for me to pull myself out of that. And, and, and it's pointless in saying, okay, here I am, I'm feeling pretty depressed because of, of how I'm feeling physically or what, what news I've just heard about my health. And you can't go from that to, oh, well, come on, you know, let's be joyful. <laughs> <Yeah>. about <laughs> I mean, you, it's too big of a gap, right? So the best thing you can do is look for something that feels good. So whether it's looking at something in your life and focusing on that, you know, something that you already have, gratitude, and we, don't, we all hear about gratitude and how powerful that is, and it certainly is. You know you're not feeling good. You know that you've got these thoughts going around in your head that are, are not feeling good. But if you can pause that for a moment and, and stop yourself as, you go, as you're going into that downward spiral, because the more you think about it, the worse you feel, and the worse you feel, the more you think about it. You know, so it's that downward spiral. 
if you can just hit the pause button on that for a moment and say, you know what, I, I, I don't want to go into that downward spiral, so how, what could I do or what could I think about that might make me feel a little bit better? So we're not going for joy here. We're going for what can help me feel a little bit better. And so it might be something already in your life or it might be something you do physically to go and make yourself feel better. Perhaps you go and get a massage or you go and have a soak in a hot tub or you know, something. Or you take the afternoon off and go read a book or go for a walk or something. Oh, I'm glad you're bringing that up. I just want to throw out a couple of my favorite ideas. Is yes. Here where I'm in uh, Florida is there's a butterfly farm or a, oh. a butterfly zoo or whatever you call it. Anyway, they raise very rare butterflies and exotic butterflies there. And they allow you to walk through like an aviary, like birds, you know, but it's butterflies. They allow you to walk through where all these butterflies are floating about and sometimes they even land on you. And I love walking through there. It changes my energy almost instantaneously yes. because yes. all of a sudden I go from maybe feeling a little sad or sorry for myself into awe. <laughs> That's all I can say. <laughs> that is exactly it. That's what you want. And if you have kind of a, you could even create a list of those kinds of things. If you have something in your life that you know, it, okay, well, I'm feeling bad. If I just go do this, if I just go and be with the butterflies, that's going to create an, an immediate energy shift. For some people, it, it's music. You know, a certain type of music will uplift them. Some people, it's just being out in nature. Some people, it might be dancing or you know, some, something. If you know those things that create an immediate switch of your energy, that's perfect. Oh my goodness, since, since you mentioned sound, I'm just going to give a plug for last week, we had Sharon Karn on, and she's from soundwellness.com. She gave us some great tips for using our own voice to to mm. create a sound that changed changed our energy. It was really fascinating, so check out last week's um, from Chaos to Calm with Sharon Karn if you're curious about how sound can change your energy, but a uh, little plug there. <laughs> Let's jump back well, into No, sound is perfect. Sound is one of the things that can create an immediate shift, just like you with the butterflies, you know, and, and it can be something that you have in the house, you know, or something if it's your voice, it's immediate. It doesn't matter where you are, you know, you can use that. I was shocked by her tips, and we did a couple of vocalizations and I was amazed at even before I could get out of my mouth, like, wow, that was fast. I was feeling different. So yes. I'm shocked at how fast we can manage our energy, yes. even when we're, if we're in the doldrums. You really can. And the key is to recognize that you can shift it and to recognize when you're heading into that downward spiral. So it's paying attention to how you feel really all the time, noticing when there's that that shift you know like for me it's oh I'm really tired okay I'm feeling irritable what can I do to to create a shift so it's it's recognizing it and then being willing to pause it and then reach for something that will either create an immediate shift like we're talking about or even just a little shift you know for me it's easy to notice the physical lack of energy the the, the sort of fatigue type of thing where I tend to get stuck and it takes me longer to recognize are two things that I do uh, similar to what you mentioned was I tend to overthink things 
And I, yeah. I also tend to be the peacemaker. And <laughs> as an adult looking back, a way grown up adult here looking back, I realize now uh, that this through this time of understanding autoimmune and how I got here, wow, those two things are real energy zappers. Yes, they really are. And as um, I, I used to be the peacemaker and I'm a recovering people pleaser and recovering perfectionist and all those things. And those things will absolutely take your energy. And, you know, you have to learn when you have an autoimmune disease more than ever, you have to learn to put yourself first. You have to, you, because you, you can't continue to give and give and give because you don't have the energy for it. And so you, you learn to put yourself first. You learn to pay attention and really identify what you need and allow yourself to have it. Give that to yourself. But here's the other important thing is that you have to learn to ask for what you want or to let people know what you need. So for example, if I go to a, a conference, one of the things as a highly sensitive person, it's difficult for me to be around crowds of people because I, I'm, I feel like I'm just bombarded with all that energy and that's something that can really... You know, if there's a lot of heavy energy in the room, it can really affect my energy. And I, I've learned to protect myself to a certain extent, but usually what will happen is I'll find, well, I find myself getting tired. I don't sleep if I'm away very well, usually anyway. And then I, I get a headache and it won't go away until I leave wherever I am. So I, I know all of that now. And so I have to prepare myself before I go. So I have to make sure my energy is in a good place before I go. And then when I'm there, I have to take care of myself. And that might mean, you know, if a whole group of people are going out somewhere and it doesn't feel right to me that I don't go. But rather than, you know, and it doesn't matter to me if people think I'm being a killjoy or whatever, but I try to explain <laughs> to people, I say, you know, my, you know that, that will really overwhelm my energy. I'm, I'm feeling tired and that will really overwhelm me. So, I, you know, I'm, I'm going to say, no, I'm not going to come along with you, but have a great time. Or I'll say, you know, I, I need to have just 10 minutes by myself. So please don't think that I'm being funny or anything like that or I don't want to be with you. I just need to kind of regroup and, and ground myself again. So I'm just going to spend 10 minutes by myself. And I find that once I tell people, it's like uh, then they understand. They feel better because they're not having to try and guess what's up with me. Mm, yes. See, and then so they feel better. I feel better. It, it, it's just much better energy. If you, if you know what you need and you learn to ask for it or tell people, this is what I have to do. I'm glad you bring that up because I find a lot of people, also especially women, have a hard time asking for what they need. And they come up with things like, oh, I'm feeling self. It's not nice is another one that I kind of roll my right. eyes at. <laughs> like, let's say... You know what? It's the opposite of selfish. It is the opposite of selfish. So if, so first of all, you're allowing people to understand you, to serve you in whatever way you need, and that, that makes people feel good, right? But also, how can you be there for other people and how much can you really do for other people if your energy is, is in a really bad place, if you're not feeling good? So if you don't get what you need, your energy won't be the best it can be. And so 
what you're bringing to other people then is not the best of yourself. But if you put yourself first and you allow yourself to have all of your needs met, you will be in a better place. Your energy will be better. And then that's what you bring to other people. So really, it's the opposite of selfish. Oh, that's nice. I'm glad. What a wonderful reframe of that idea, because I hear that all the time. And for years and years, I had that story running around in my head. We need to take a quick commercial break on that wonderful thought about it's not selfish, it's the opposite of it. And we'll be back with Linda in just a minute about some more ideas about how to manage our energy, especially when we're having a, a tough time with our health and what it's like to be a highly sensitive person out there in the world. So we'll be right back after this commercial break. Welcome back to the Autoimmune Hour on Life Interrupted Radio. I'm Sharon Saylor, and I'm here with Linda Binns, a breakthrough energy expert, and she helps people who are overwhelmed and overworked and stressed out and manage their energy and create the life that they really want, help them to thrive and just become, as she says, from stuck to unstoppable. And she's been sharing with us some great ideas about, first off, what is energy, how it works, I loved her uh, description of like if you turn into the country station and you start complaining about that you're not hearing jazz. <laughs> I, I love that <laughs> as well as well as some of her descriptions of highly sensitive people because as I mentioned in the opening, just the science of Sharon here. I'm not a doctor or or anything like that, but just what thing I've noticed in all my work on the autoimmune hour and life interrupted radio is that a lot of people I've met with autoimmune conditions tend to be highly sensitive people. And she's been sharing with us some ideas that if you are resonating with this idea that hmm, maybe I am a highly sensitive person, she's been sharing some ideas. And one of them um, she shared that I think um, is tough for most people is to learn to ask for what you need. I think, first of all, we need to understand what we need. Oftentimes we just can be no we need something <laughs> or we know yeah. we don't want that but oftentimes people don't know what it is that they do want so <laughs> we can 
get into well, that. That's a great point, actually. How do you? And, and that that was, and can still be sometimes hard for me to always know what I want. So, if you're having a hard time knowing what you want or need, start with what you know you don't want, right? I know I don't want that. I know I don't like working with those kinds of people. Or I know that if I go in these situations, I don't feel good. So I know I don't want that. So then if I don't want that, kind of what's the opposite of that? What do I want? That can help you. Oh, yes, absolutely. Looking at the opposite. And I think Mm -hmm. asking other people, what is the opposite of that? Sometimes Mm. I find that I can get locked into a certain way of looking at something. And oftentimes I'm looking for my contrarian friends, as I say. (laughs) I have certain friends that are more contrarian than others. And I'll say, okay, I'm a little stuck here, and this is how I'm seeing it. I know it's not that. What is it? And they'll go, oh, isn't it just like blah, blah, blah? And you're like, brilliant, right? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Well, and, you know, talking about highly sensitive people, I I have to mention that uh, I I think – Many highly sensitive people have autoimmune conditions, and it really isn't surprising when you think about how sensitive those people are to everything in their environment. And it's like they're this finely tuned antenna that's picking up all the energy, and and then your body's trying to process it. And so it's quite understandable then why your body can have trouble with that. And one of the important things to know, and it's it's difficult for highly sensitive people because probably growing up, they were never understood. Yes. And so that makes them, uh, can make them defensive, it can make them insecure, it can make them angry, you know, because they have, they feel they've never been understood and they're not understood now. And so that puts a wall up. But if you think about it, and, you know, it was only a few years ago that I learned about highly sensitive people. There was such a thing. And and when I learned this, I thought, wow, it's not just me. You know, there's 20% of the population is highly sensitive. And it makes sense of who who I am and the way I think and, and the way I do things and why nobody else understands me. I didn't understand me. Right. So how could I expect anybody else to? And that's why you have to learn all about yourself and then you have to be able to articulate that. So, and that includes working with medical people and health-related people because one other thing about highly sensitive people is that they typically do not respond in the same way as the majority of people to treatments of any kind. Oh, I'm so th- I'm so thrilled you bring that up. Yeah. Because I find that I hear that a lot and it's true for myself. Yes. Uh, they'll say take two of these and I'll find a half of one is all I need. Right. And that, that what you just said there is the key. You discovered what was right for you. Right? But if you ignored what felt right to you and you said, "Oh, okay, well they told me I need to take two, so I guess I need to take two." Maybe you don't feel good, but you continue to take it because you think, well, that they told me I should. You have to learn what's right for you. And you have to find the practitioners that will allow you to have that conversation with them. 
So if you have a doctor, for example, and he's telling you to take two of these pills and you've discovered that half is, is better for you because you don't feel good when you take two, you want a doctor that you can go to and, and say to him, well, here's what I've discovered about me. When I take two of these, this is what happens. And when I take half, so I, you know, I'm much better with half. And I think it's important to have some, what I call some documentation. I've run into this numerous times with, and actually fired some healthcare practitioners that just didn't understand me. Mm-hmm. But what happened was I had to document certain things. Okay, so I take two of these. And then for a week, I started to notice that, or more, I was like, oh my goodness, well, that's not a symptom. I think this is a side effect because I didn't have that last week and I found by documenting okay when I took two XYZ happened and then you know being able to go to them and go okay you know I'm not sure if the side effect is worth the symptom you know balancing it against the symptom here what can we do and have that conversation in a very matter-of-fact way not getting emotional about it right being very able to show look, these are what happens or these are the side effects and they're not ones that I'm willing to trade or actually they're right. making my life worse. And I think that's important for a lot of doctors to be able to agree with you or if you need to have that conversation and find a new healthcare practitioner, sometimes that happens that they are like, no, this is the way, it's two or not at all. And you're like, I think I need to find somebody who's a little more open that my body isn't responding the way the general population body responds. Exactly. Documentation is very important because then you you have facts and you're not coming at it from an emotional place, like you said, and so they're, they're more likely to take you seriously. But don't be afraid to fire somebody or you know to stop working with someone if you if if they're not listening to you. And so, for highly sensitive people, particularly, I think it's true for everyone, but particularly highly sensitive people. You have to really take responsibility for yourself and for your own health. You, because people think, well, he's a doctor or they're the health practitioner, so they must know more than me. No, you know your body. You should know your body. And you should be able to tell them what typically works for you and what doesn't. And here's, here's another thing, you know, they typically, and this goes for natural health practitioners as well as medical doctors, you know, they usually will give you something and expect you to be taking that for a while. But what I found for myself is sometimes something will work for a while, maybe only a day or two, and my body just needs it for a day or two, and then it doesn't work anymore. And that's the same with practitioners. I could be seeing a pr- practitioner and doing really well with that person, but then there comes a point where that's no longer right for me anymore. And so it's time to move on and find someone else. And so you have to be aware of that and recognize when it's time to to change something for yourself. So it really is about taking responsibility. That's why I, I say you must understand and learn to manage your energy because nobody else can. I'm glad you bring... Yeah, I'm glad you bring that up because nobody else can. And it's on so many levels. I think that's the thing about energy that is both amazing and confusing because you taking responsibility for your physical well-being, your emotional well-being, your mental well-being, yeah. <laughs> uh, all of that. And all of a sudden we're like, oh my goodness, then how do I balance it? And oftentimes, as you mentioned, moving on can feel scary. Like, yes. 
it can feel really scary. Like, well, this person has helped me so much up until this point. But then being able to be honest with ourselves that, okay, we're at that point of moving on, it can take a lot of courage to move on. And, but I found that often the majority of healthcare providers, when I've said, you know, thank you very much and I'm moving on, they're fine with it. I mean, that's just yeah. part That's just part of their practice. And yet we go through these mental gyrations that somehow we're going to hurt their feelings or, or do something else. Right. <laughs> well, you know, and, and any good practitioner, I think, will recognize that even if they've been he- able to help you really well for a certain period of time, you know, they've taken you to a point. They've taken you to a certain point and it's okay for for someone else to take you on further from there. You know, they've played their part and now it's time for someone else to take over. Absolutely. Now, which brings me to another thought and I'd love to know your expert idea about it because one thing that happens for me on with some regularity and I just assume that it's some intuition I'm not understanding at a conscious level is I will be... Um, told by a practitioner to take a specific supplement or do a specific thing and for whatever reason I'll lose the bottle of supplements I just purchased or what have you (laughs) and then it turns out that like maybe two weeks later or a month later whatever a better solution comes along and Mm. that's the one that I'm like oh my goodness and then or I read something about that supplement I go oh well you know we didn't take that into account how much does our intuition whether conscious of it or unconscious play into energy and how this happens to us it's huge it's everything because you have to learn to pay attention to your intuition because it's the it's your guidance system and it's really the only thing that you can trust. It's the only thing you can trust. Growing up, uh, intuition in my f- wasn't really looked upon as as important, or I'm not even sure it was ever talked about. I'm not even sure I knew mm. the word till I was an adult. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's interesting to me that a lot of times that the intuition is poo-pooed, yet science is showing that, I'll use in air quotes, our gut really does have a oh, brain, yeah. and it really does talk to our Mm -hmm. brain brain it really does and I grew up in the same kind of environment you know what I felt was right or what felt right to me was never taken into account you know that's irrelevant so you learn to not trust that you you get in trouble if you if you go against what somebody else is saying because it doesn't feel right to you you get in trouble for that so you learn not to pay attention to it but it must be wrong but time and time again, I've certainly seen this in my own life. Let me give you a, a, a quick example of, of one time where I didn't follow what I knew to be right for me, and I really paid the price for it. A few years ago, and I, it was when I was in Idaho, and I had a friend who was a writer, and we were having lunch, and you know she was looking for more sort of writing opportunities, and we were having a discussion, and I was talking to her about a publication that a women's publication that um, I had experienced when I lived in Missouri. And I said, you know, it would be really good for you to do something like that. And um, anyway, to cut a long story short, she was really interested in it. And I I said to her, you know, I'll I'll help you if you want to do it. I'll help you get it started. I'll help you create this publication. 
and then when we get to you know when it gets to a certain point then uh, and you got your first issue then I'll I'll pull out because I you know that's not what I want to do but I'd, I'd enjoy helping you get started so I I jumped in helped to get it started we put a team together and um, it took almost a year and so anyway we come to have the first issue and we're having the first issue is about to be released and we're having our team meeting and I said right you know that's it that's my job done I said I'd stay until we got the first issue the first issue is ready to go and um, so now time for me to to back out and, and leave you to it and everybody said no you can't go you know what are we going to do how how are we going to who's going to lead it you know you can't and so we had this long conversation and I kept saying, no, it's not, you know, this is not what I want to do. Anyway, I let them persuade me against everything I knew to be right for me. And so I said, okay, well, I'll stay until, you know, this certain point and then I'll go. And after that followed about the, the four worst years of my life, a real struggle. I mean, <laughs> I learned a ton from it. I really did. And, and so there were a lot of gifts in it. But that was like I just put myself into a trap and I couldn't get out of it for four years. So that's what happens when you don't pay attention to your intuition. Well, and I was thinking about also some of the things that they say highly sensitive people are, that your story explains so much of it, because I think highly sensitive people are really good at problem solving, and I've noticed they're always creative. And there again, though, they tend to be peacemakers and they often have mixed emotions so wow I could see it all wrapped up into your story about energy and and trusting your intuition and knowing what the things to look for when we're highly sensitive people those parts of us oh my goodness I better be aware am I trying to be the peacemaker here am I trying to be the problem solver here (laughs) oh my goodness right and it it's highly sensitive people have a a more highly tuned sense of intuition and so it's particularly important again for highly sensitive people to pay attention to that and if you're not used to it or you know it's it's not something to think a lot about it you know you will get more information if you tune into how you feel than if you try to think it through that's when we get into troubles when we try to think too much Pay attention more to how you feel. That's going to give you more information. Or, or something like you did, you know, where you, you said you got that, those supplements and then you couldn't find them. <laughs> I know, that was, I'm like, where'd they go? You know, they still haven't turned up. And so I'm like, okay, uh-huh. somebody, something was trying to say, this isn't, the, this isn't the right thing. And so I just, I've learned to let those sorts of things go instead of fretting about, oh my goodness, yeah. there's $20 and I lost it or whatever. Trust. It's just like, okay. Yeah, trust that that was meant to be. Also, I want to bring up this idea of the people we surround ourselves with. If they're not highly sensitive... I always I have some beautiful friends in my life who are not highly sensitive, but what I think is so beautiful about them is they know I am and they honor that. So if I say something from my intuition, mm-hmm. they don't argue with me. They don't say, "Oh, you're being silly" or something like that. They're it's so, so I also think it's important for highly sensitive people and people who are working to regain their health and be, you know, through autoimmune conditions and things like that, surround yourself with people that accept 
you the way you are. Absolutely. And, you know, what you said was very important there. You said that these friends, although they're not highly sensitive, they know that you are. And many people who are highly sensitive really hate that word. They, they don't like to be termed sensitive. Guys especially. I know several highly sensitive guys and they, they say, oh, I, I can't use that word. <laughs> right? Because, well, here's the thing. Sensitive implies weakness. And that's how, that's how people see it. I will tell you that being highly sensitive is absolutely not weakness. They are, highly sensitive people are some of the strongest people I know. It's, it's not weakness. It's, it's just become such a negative word, I think. And so many people are afraid to own it or talk about it or to say that this is who I am. But you said your friends know that you are. And that's how you're able to have such a great relationship with them. And that is how they are able to trust you when you, you share something that's come from your intuition. So, you know, if, you, if, if you're not comfortable with the fact that you are very sensitive or highly attuned, however you want to term it, you know, if you're not comfortable with it, and so you resist telling people about it or letting people know, and then you don't have to talk about it all the time, you can just say, well, you know, that doesn't work for me. I mean, I'm really sensitive and those kinds of things affect me or I'm really sensitive and I, I pick up on these things and this is what I'm feeling. You know, it doesn't have to be a big deal, but people will become more comfortable with you if you own it. It's like even now when I, if I go to the doctor's office or if, if I have to have blood drawn, because I have a real um, issue with needles, my body goes into like panic mode. And so... And it used to really embarrass me, and I used to be apologizing about it, because if I don't lie down, I will pass out. Oh, dear. So now I know that when I go in there, first thing I say is, okay, you know, can I lie down, please? Because if I don't lie down, I will pass out. And they are actually grateful that I say that, because they don't want to be picking me up off of the floor. Oh, my goodness, <laughs> calling a code blue or code red or whatever that right. is. <laughs> so it's much easier for them to, to know about it, to let me lie down and do it. And then, you know, I, I get over whatever it is and then I, I'm done. And so they're actually grateful. So I think we have to not only understand it, but own it and be willing to let people know who we are. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that's the same as we're recovering uh, as from an autoimmune condition is just letting people know that, look, because when you see me right now, I'm doing so well, I'm, I'm doing very, very well. But I do know I have to manage my stress levels and eat the foods that I need to eat, do the things I need to do. Otherwise, I will have a relapse. And yeah. I think it's important and imperative that we let other people know, and this isn't about making them want to feel sorry for us or pity us or, you know, do all our work or anything, but just letting them know because <laughs> I don't know how many times I'm thinking about handicapped parking, not that that uh, just popped into my head that I've heard people s say something when they see someone get out of a car and they just like get all gruffy, like they don't deserve to be in the handicapped parking. And I'm thinking, you don't know what's going on in that person's mm. life at all. So right. <laughs> important for us to think about this a little in a little broader aspect. Well, it is. And I, I hear people 
complain. I saw something on Facebook the other day where they were talking about if you have an autoimmune disease and people say these kinds of things to you and how terrible it is if they say these kinds of things. But, you know, it's up to us, I think, to educate people. I, I think people don't know, and if they don't know... How do they know what's appropriate to say and not to say or appropriate to do or not to do? Most people have no clue what it really means to have an autoimmune condition because they'll, they might say, well, you look fine. <laughs> yes. You know? <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, you know, because it can't be seen. Yeah, for the most part, autoimmune can't be seen and most people do look fine. Yeah. So we have to, we have to help people. You know, don't expect people to to immediately understand or to don't expect people to know what you need or to know what's right for you or what feels good to you and what doesn't. They can't know unless you tell them. And if you tell them, then they know how to interact with you. And it makes life so much easier for everybody. Oh, absolutely. And know that there's ways to tell them from that place of loving and understanding and respect. This isn't about telling them with a wagging finger and a raised eyebrow, okay? Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. Be aware of the energy that you're, you're putting out. You know, what energy are you putting out? If you're putting out angry energy right? You should know this and you shouldn't say that or, you you know, whatever. That's angry energy. You're putting that out. You'll get more of that back. If you put out positive, supportive energy, you'll get more of that back. Oh, what a beautiful place. We're just about out of time, Linda. So just on some final thoughts on other ways to put out that positive, loving energy for us, and then share with us how to find out more about you and that wonderful uh, energy test that you have on your website. So share with us a, a little bit, a couple of parting thoughts, and then how to find out more about you and your beautiful work. Okay, well, one of the, the best things to move yourself, your energy into a more positive state, because when you have an autoimmune condition, it's easy to, to get into the the energy state of how terrible that is and how bad you feel is to start looking for positive aspects. Look at what's positive in your life. What do you feel good about? Look for things to feel good about. That will help your energy on a daily basis. And the more you look for things to feel good about, the more things you'll find to feel good about. Um, So what I have on my website, you can do a little energy test, just a a little questionnaire, just to see where your energy is, what energy are you putting into different aspects of your life right now. And that's at lindabins.com. And um, I have, uh, on May 23rd, I'm starting a seven-day free Stuck to Unstoppable video course, which I'm doing live on Facebook. And um, yeah, I have to be on Facebook to participate. But uh, if you're interested in that, I know Sharon has a link to that, but it's um, powerfulbreakthroughs.com forward slash SU, the Stuck to Unstoppable SU videos. And uh, you can sign up for that. Great. And I want to spell your, your website is Linda, L-I-N-D-A, and it bins B-I-N-S-S, B-I-N-N-S. That's correct, yes. <laughs> Can't say that too quickly, Linda. <laughs> For radio here, but anyway, it's lindabins.com to get that wonderful test and powerfulbreakthroughs.com forward slash SU. 
SU videos. SU videos. Okay, great. And uh-huh. I'll put that up on the Life Interrupted Radio as well. So pop over to lifeinterruptedradio.com to get both of those links and to hear more about the Linda and all of that. Thank you so much for sharing with us about energy and how important it is when we're recovering and thriving, even regardless of our diagnosis. This has been fascinating. And as always, I know, folks, I just go tangential wherever the questions lead me but I still know we get powerful powerful information from all our guests thank you so much Linda for being my guest thank you so much for being out there in the world of the autoimmune hour be sure and email me and let me know if you'd like to be a guest or if you know a great guest always looking for that the kinds of questions you're wanting answered please let me know and we'll be sure and find those answers for you and as always make it a great weekend whatever your adventures Enjoy. The information provided on LifeInterruptedRadio.com is for educational purposes only. What you hear, read, and see on Life Interrupted Radio is based on experience only. The information presented here should never be used for any legal, diagnostic, or treatment purposes. Always seek sound legal, medical, and or professional advice regarding any problems, conditions, and any of the recommendations you see, hear, or read here on Life Interrupted Radio. You've been listening to Life Interrupted Radio. To learn more, listen to other shows, and gain free resources that can help empower your life, be sure to stop by lifeinterruptedradio.com. This episode is brought to you by mindfulnessinactionbook.com. To get your free four-minute guided meditation to relax, refresh, and renew in just four minutes, and who doesn't have four minutes? Stop by mindfulnessinactionbook.com now. This guided meditation is in handy MP3 format so you can use it anywhere, anytime. Download it now at mindfulnessinactionbook.com. Do you want to be a better leader? Have better relationships? Become more self aware? Be a better communicator? Hi, I'm Sharon Saylor, best selling author, professional speaker, and executive coach. And my life passion is empowering professionals to be the best that they can be. After years of working with professionals, I've discovered the seven things nobody is telling you that can cost you your clients, sales, and even your career. And I want to give it to you free. You've heard my show. You know my passion. And maybe we'll be working together sooner rather than later. So go grab this ebook now to find out the seven things that's costing you big time. Over at SharonSailor.com forward slash radio gift. Never has there been a better time for women to hack success. The shift is on and the breakthroughs are real. We're taking success to a whole nother level. Join us at the Women's Success Summit, a gathering of dynamic, smart women helping women. We want to learn about you and what you have to offer. Bring your A-game and be prepared to transact some business. Oh, and by all means, dress to impress. Register at eWomenNetwork.com. This is the EWN Radio Network.
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.